everybody. How are you going? It's good to be able to chat to you guys now. I assume you all now have a piece of paper and a pen in front of you. So what I want you to do on that piece of paper is write down on that piece of paper the answer to the question and then show it to the camera and I'll say who is the first person to do it. Does that make sense? Cool. All right. So who can tell me what book we are studying this term? Oh, gosh. Okay. It is Mark. Congrats. I think actually Mickey got that. Mickey, you're disqualified. You're too good. Um, <laughs> next, in what half of the Bible, not half, what section of the Bible is that book from? Yeah, good. I think Lockie Sinfield got that. New Testament. So we've got a book of the Bible, New Testament. Now, next is what type of book of the Bible is Mark? Yes, very good. Love it. It is a gospel. Okay, now, um, the gospels are books about who? Yes, Lauren, thank you. Well done. Okay, so we have Mark, it's a book in the New Testament. It's a gospel. Um, how many gospels are there? Katie, four. Okay, so there's four Gospels, and they tell the story about Jesus. Now, this is going to be a hard one. What does the word gospel mean? All right, Sienna Gresh, good news. Now, this is one for the history nuts. In what language does gospel mean good news? It's not Hebrew, Lockie. Karen, you need to zoom in a bit more. Karen, does it say Greek? Okay, Karen got it right. I couldn't actually read it, but Greek. So we've got Book of the Bible we're studying, Mark. It's in the New Testament. It's a gospel. It tells a story about Jesus and it's good news, which is good because we like good news, right? So that's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at the next part of Mark. So what you should have open is you should have open Mark chapter 2 starting at verse 23. Now, I get that open. I'm going to tell you a story about time when I was at Arndell. That's where I went to high school. I went to Arndell. Um, and how Arndell worked is at the end of recess and lunch, there was like a two-bell system, right? So there'd be a first bell, which would tell you that break was over. And when the first bell went, you had to kind of pack up your stuff, pack up your food and head towards your class. And then at the second bell, the rule was that you were meant to be at your classroom, lined up, ready to go in. Give me a nod if your school does that as well or did that. Yeah, pretty normal. Cool. So two-bell system, and that was the rule. And um, the purpose of the rule was to make sure you got to your class on time so you could learn, right? Now, I remember when I was probably in year 10 or 11, we were um, playing football on the Oval, as we did a lot um, in high school. And one of my mates had had a bit of a stack, really. Actually, someone just slide tackled his ankle and he was on the ground in pain. And we worked out later, he'd actually sprained his ankle really badly. So he's on the ground in pain. We went over to see if he was okay, right? And while we were doing that, while we were with him um, to see if he was okay, the first bell went. Now, according to that rule, we should have packed up, got our stuff, and walk to class. Now, do you think we did that? 
No, of course we didn't. We wouldn't just leave our friend there on the ground in pain and head to class because that's what the rule said, right? It's pretty ridiculous. Um, and of course, we didn't get in trouble, um, even though we'd broken that really clear rule. We didn't get in trouble. So what we see is that the rules, sometimes it's okay to break them, right? And in the passage today, we're going to be seeing something really similar with Jesus and the young men that were following him. Um, there were some rules and Jesus didn't play according to the rules, at least what the rules, what they thought the rules were. So I'm going to get Lockie Sinfield. Nikki, can you um, unmute Lockie? And he's going to read out the passage for us. So your Bible's open to Mark uh, 2, chapter, sorry, Mark 2, verse 23 to 3, verse 6. And Lockie's going to read that out for us. Thanks, Lockie. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are, you doing, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you ever read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abithia, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat, and he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked him, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill. But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed as their stubborn hearts said to the men, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hands were completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Here ends the reading. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lockie, for that awesome reading. Um, so what we see here is Jesus um, with his followers, these young men called disciples, and he has done the wrong thing, apparently, right? So Jesus was a Jew, and the Jewish people studied and looked at the Old Testament a lot, and they called it a different name and had all these different rules in excess of the Old Testament. And um, some of the leaders of the Jewish community at the time, the Pharisees, had looked at the rules that God had given them and they included that you should take a Sabbath. Now, remember when God created the world, on the last day he rested and he said to his people, hey, you should rest as well. You should rest, you shouldn't work, and you should concentrate on me. You should remember me on this day. So the Pharisees, these Jewish leaders, they looked at this rule in the Old Testament. They took the rule and they made it so extreme. Nearly everything on the Sabbath was forbidden. It became more about this rule than the purpose of the rule. The purpose of the rule was to reflect and be with God, but they had completely forgotten about that and just created more and more rules. Now, in 2017, I went to Israel. Now, Israel is quite unique as a country, and it's quite unique because it has a majority of people in Israel are Jews, right? And no other country in the world has that. Now, I was there with my dad, and we were um, at a hotel in the north 
western part of um, Israel called Accra. And we're in a, it was more of a youth hostel. And we were on the third floor. Now, in Israel and for Jewish people, the Sabbath is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. So it's like a 24-hour period, right? Friday to Saturday. Um, and so we stayed there Friday night. And we woke up Saturday morning on the third floor and we, we walked to the elevator because we had complimentary breakfast, which is the best thing ever when you go to a hotel, right? You wake up and you get breakfast. So we went there and we went to the elevator and we started pressing the buttons on the elevator, right? You know, you press the button so it lands on your floor. Um, we pressed the buttons, but they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. We pressed them again. They didn't do anything. Um, we moved to the elevator to the right of us. We pressed the button. It didn't do anything, right? And so we were like, uh, how do we get down? Is there like stairs? Anyway, finally, um, some other people came um, and were waiting there with us and they explained to us that the elevator was in Sabbath mode. Now, <laughs> I didn't know what Sabbath mode meant. So we asked, oh, what does that mean? What is a Sabbath mode on an elevator? And what the elevator does on the Sabbath is that um, it goes up to every level automatically. No, you, so you're not touching it. It goes to every level, level. The doors open. The doors close. It goes up to the next level. Open, close, up, up, up. And then all the way down, 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 down. All the way up and down. Um, and that is because there's a ruling for Jews that on the Sabbath, they're not allowed to complete an electrical circuit which just seems ridiculous, right? And so to get around that, what they've said is you can go in an elevator as long as you're not the one who presses the button to complete the electrical circuit because that would be breaking the Sabbath. But you can, if it just goes up to every level without you ever touching it, it's, it's okay. So that's what's happened. And they got that from in the, uh, a long rules a long time ago where it said that on the Sabbath, you shouldn't make a spark or ignite a fire. And they've taken that now to mean oh, don't complete an electrical circuit so you can't go on an elevator. It seems pretty ridiculous, right? There's nothing in that that remembers God or helps us remember God. It just seems ridiculous. So that's how seriously they take the Sabbath. And even today in Israel, that's what happens. And there's actually a law now in Israel that says that all new buildings over a certain size have to have an elevator with the Sabbath mode. It's a law. It's crazy. So in this passage, we see Jewish Jesus with his Jewish followers on a Saturday, on the Sabbath. And there are two circumstances. The first in verse 23, um, we see that the Pharisees get angry at Jesus because he is picking grain on a Sabbath. And that's a big no-no. You can't pick grain because you're working. Um, now, that seems pretty picky, right? He's just picking grain. But it gets worse. Another time, Jesus, on the Sabbath, he's at the synagogue. Now, the synagogue is kind of like our church, right? It's where the Jewish people gathered um, and they went to church, went to, sorry, the synagogue on a Saturday um, to spend time with each other and to spend time with God. So they were at the synagogue and Jesus was there. And um, there was a man there at the synagogue and he had a shriveled hand. He was ill, he was diseased, and he needed help, Right? And what does Jesus do? He does the absolutely unthinkable in verse 5, have a look, of chapter 3. He's, he actually heals this man on a Sabbath. 
Now, I know what we're all thinking, how dare he help someone on a Saturday? But that's what he did. And now, of course, to us, it seems a bit ridiculous. Like, of course, he should help them. this guy. That's a good thing to do. But the Pharisees were really, 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 really angry. Right? Really angry. They were really pissed off at Jesus. And we know that because in verse, in Chapter three, they say that they're going to start plotting to kill Jesus because he healed this guy with a shriveled hand on the wrong day, on the wrong day. Now, it seems plainly obvious to us that these Pharisees have the complete wrong idea about the rules and what they are there for. But this was the environment that Jewish people lived in. It was all about rules and it totally forgot about the purpose of the rules, which is to actually think and spend time with God. Now, Jesus says two things to the Pharisees to show them that their thinking is really dumb. So in chapter 2, verses 25 and 26, um, Jesus actually tells a story from 1 Samuel 21 from the Old Testament. And in this story, David, King David, is given and eats some bread. Now, that nothing wrong with that, it seems. I like bread. But the issue was that bread was consecrated bread. It was meant to be for the temple. It wasn't meant for eating. But David was really hungry. He was actually on a bit of like a mission trip at the time. And he needed bread. So they said, you know what? David needs some bread. It would be ridiculous not to let him eat this bread. He's really hungry. And Jesus says to the Pharisees, look, David did that. What's the difference now? Right? What's the difference? So that's the first circumstance that Jesus talks about. And then in this second circumstance, in chapter 3, Jesus stands up in the synagogue and he says to the Pharisees, which is lawful, like what is allowed on the Sabbath? to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill. Jesus is questioning the Pharisees' understanding about the Sabbath. He's saying it's not about those nitty-picky rules because you Pharisees are saying that it's better to kill someone than to heal them on a Sabbath. How ridiculous is that? And Jesus is saying, you guys are crazy. This is so wrong. And Jesus says the most extraordinary thing in verse 28 of chapter 2. Look at it now. Now, to us, we might be like, oh, what does this mean? Like, is this really that important? But to the Pharisees, this would have been crazy. Um, They would have actually been really offended at what Jesus says. Jesus says that the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And who is the son of man? Jesus. So Jesus is saying that he is Lord of the Sabbath. He has authority over the Sabbath. He can tell the Pharisees how to interpret this rule and what it means. And what does Jesus tell them? He tells them that there's no point to following a rule if it doesn't help you towards the purpose of the rule. Right? What's the point of following the Sabbath, doing all the rules? What's the point of not pressing the elevator button 
What's the point of not healing someone on the Sabbath? What's the point of not picking grain on the Sabbath? What's the point of not working, going to work, going to the restaurant? What's the point of all these things if you don't stop and actually remember God and think about him, which is the whole reason why the Sabbath was put in place in the first place. And Jesus is telling them this. What's the point? What's the point of all these rules if all they do is help you ignore God rather than actually connect with him? Now, I hope that to you guys that makes sense, right? What's the point of the rule if it doesn't help us connect with God, which is what it was meant to do? And Jesus is saying this to them. Now, at the beginning um, of this chat, um, we, I think it was Sienna actually put up on her little slip what type of book Mark was. And it was a gospel and gospel means good news. So what we want to think about is why is what Jesus saying about rules good news for us? Why is it really good news that Jesus is not all just about, oh, do you tick all the boxes? Are you doing all the rules correctly? Why is that good news? Well, following Jesus is not about rules or religion. It's good news because it shows us that he actually wants a personal relationship with us. He actually wants to know us. He wants to do life with us. He wants to support us and he wants to love us. God's not petty. He doesn't have a checklist and he's like, oh, Isaac McGregor got the list out. Tick, tick, tick. Oh, no, he didn't do that. You know, he doesn't do that, right? He's not petty like that. He actually wants to be in a relationship with us. He's not silly and he doesn't care more about the rules than about the people he created. We see that with Jesus, right? This man had a shriveled hand. He needed helping. And so he says, you know what? It doesn't matter about this rule. I'm going to help this guy. I actually care more about healing this guy and caring for him and having grace for him. I care much more about that than this rule about not working on the Sabbath which is really good news because we're really broken as well. Like just like this man on the, um, in the synagogue with a shriveled hand, our hearts are really broken. Our lives are really broken. And the good thing is God is in the business of restoring broken people, even on the Sabbath, which is really cool, right? He doesn't care about all the rules, ticking all the rules. He actually just cares about us. So it's really good news that Jesus doesn't just care about the rules. Now, what should we do in light of this? Now, what you're actually going to do, I'm going to say two things and then you're going to split off into your groups. And I want you guys to really think about what can you guys do about this? What can you do in light of knowing that Jesus doesn't just care about rules? So the two things is what should we do with our relationship with God? So if you think like that, the vertical relationship, us and God, what, how should our relationship with God be different when we know that Jesus doesn't just care about the rules? He actually cares about the people. He cares about grace. He cares about love. And the second thing is the horizontal. How should we treat other people in our community because of this, because we know that Jesus doesn't care about rules. Now, when you're doing that second one, you can really think about how Jesus treats this guy with a shriveled hand. So look at what Jesus does to other people in this community and then think about what you can do, right?
So they're the two things you're going to split off into your groups now. And what I want you to think about while you're doing that is the one thing that Jesus calls the Pharisees in chapter three, verse five, he says that they have stubborn hearts. So what we need to do when we're thinking about these two things is how can we not have stubborn hearts with our relationship with God and our relationship with other people in light of knowing that Jesus doesn't just care about rules all the time. So Mickey's going to split us off into some breakout rooms and let's think about those two things about how we can actually put that into practice in our lives.